Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Highway Community Podcast. Today, we are continuing our teaching series entitled Stories of Transformation. The stories that God has written and the stories that He is continuing to write in our lives are powerful vehicles through which He reveals the truth and beauty of who He is and the ways that He is forming us and shaping us as we endeavor to love Him with all of ourselves and love our neighbors as ourselves as well. And this summer, as we are beginning to emerge from the very two-dimensional COVID world to a more three-dimensional world, each of us on staff are sharing a part of our own stories so that as we reform as a church community, you can know us, we can be known, and hopefully we can all know God more intimately as well through the lens of the work that he is doing in us and through us. And this morning, we are going to hear from John Dusman, who serves on our staff team as the director of operations. John started coming to Highway all the way back in 2005, when he was a PhD student in chemistry at Stanford University. I actually have a very distinct memory of meeting with John not too long after that at Red Rock Coffee after he had decided to leave his program after earning a master's degree and was processing what God might have next for him. Little did either of us know at that time that John would go on to use his knowledge of chemistry in a very unique and interesting way at Red Rock to really shape the coffee culture there over the course of seven years, first as the night and weekend manager and then as the director of coffee. After his season at Red Rock, John worked as a human resources director for a startup company before joining the highway staff in 2019. John is married to Stephanie, and they are the parents of Kylie, who was born just this past January, and they are also the parents to Pete, their German shepherd, who actively watches for deliveries of all varieties at the Dustman home. John is an avid board gamer. He loves to play soccer and root for the Arsenal Gunners of the English Premier League. And as a native Indianan, he has been to see the Indianapolis 500 in person nearly every year since he was 10 years old. Something that you might not know about John is that he is a super taster. John has a truly remarkable palate and can taste and name extremely nuanced flavor notes in food and drinks of all kinds. Something that I really appreciate about John is the incredible care, thoughtfulness, and intentionality that goes into everything that he does. John is a person of great character and integrity who takes very seriously the call to love God and others with all of himself. And I am excited for what God has for us today as we hear from John. So thank you, John, for sharing yourself with us. Take it away. As John said, I'm the director of operations here at the Highway Community. When talking to people about my role, I often joke that it means I do all the things that aren't preaching, teaching, or leading worship. And yet here we are. Not to mention that I've taught in small groups and youth group in the past, Let's just not tell Nick or Jake that I used to be in choir, or they'll try to get me into the band. When I joined the staff in this role back in 2019, 
John invited me to also join the missional leadership cohort that was already in process. I wasn't sure how to take this and was frankly a little intimidated. Here I was, with no seminar training, in an operations role, joining a bunch of pastors as they sought God's vision for his local church. As it turns out, God had a different focus for my journey through the cohort, an individual one, as he had for all of us. The first few books I read along with the cohort weren't very consequential to me. However, during the first retreat I joined, after a time of sharing in small groups, Dean identified that I might benefit from some therapy. That started a journey that I've been on for the last couple years. Around the same time, the cohort started reading Henry Nouwen's Life of the Beloved, which I highly recommend. It was really resonating with some of the themes I was starting to work through in therapy. Early in the book, Nouwen extends to us the public blessing that God gave Jesus after his baptism. Yes, there is that voice, the voice that speaks from above and from within, and that whispers softly or declares loudly, you are my beloved, on you my favor rests. It certainly is not easy to hear that voice in a world filled with voices that shout, you are no good, you are ugly, you are worthless, you are despicable, you are nobody, unless you can demonstrate the opposite. Meanwhile, in therapy, I was becoming comfortable with the idea that my feelings have inherent value because I have inherent value, and that speaking up for myself and my emotional needs, especially in my most intimate relationships, is an important way that I can be fully known and allow myself to be fully loved. Now one goes on to write, we are intimately loved long before our parents, teachers, spouses, children, and friends loved or wounded us. I was really starting to take to heart God's love for me in a new way, regardless of where I was, who I was with, or what I thought I brought to the table. If the creator of the universe loves me, do I need to seek approval and validation from others? Or can I let myself be grounded in that truth? This was starting to sound really good on paper, but it was about to be tested in a rather serious crucible. Earlier this year, my wife and I had our first child. For the other fathers out there, I'm not sure what your experience was like, but for me, it was pretty rough in those first few months. Our daughter preferred, and still prefers, being comforted by her mother. On top of that, during the first few weeks, she hardly acknowledged me, so it was really reassuring when she finally started smiling when she saw me. To this day, it remains rough for me to be the one to put her down for naps, but it was especially frustrating during the initial months. There were times that I'd hold her, rock her, bounce her, sway, just to be wailed at unceasingly for what sometimes felt like an hour 
before she got so exhausted that she fell asleep or before my wife came in to calm her. I liked to think that I was helping just by wearing her down, but it was eating me up inside that I couldn't comfort my own daughter. As a parent, one of my goals in raising a child is self-actualization. Theirs, not mine. The tip of the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'd like my daughter to achieve her full potential. And yet, here I was, failing, despite my best efforts, to fulfill much more fundamental needs, like rest and security. So many times, I'd be holding her alone in the dark, and I'd start to be confronted by feelings of worthlessness. As I examined these feelings, it became apparent to me that they were not the same voice who had encouraged me over and over during the previous year that I was loved. In John 10, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He goes on to say, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The voice telling me I was worthless was not the voice of the shepherd, but the voice of a deceitful thief coming to steal the tiny joys of early fatherhood, kill the budding relationship between me and my daughter, and destroy the confidence I had in God's love. On realizing this, I began to seek the voice of the shepherd, to hold fast to God's truth in the face of those ugly lies. I started to be overwhelmed in a different way in those moments, alone in the dark with my daughter. I would stand there, rocking her, listening to her screams, knowing that this was not a reflection of God's love for me. That eventually, my daughter would probably think that I'm at least alright, that my wife loves and supports me, and most importantly, that even if neither of those things were true, God loved me first and will continue to love me. As I was preparing this message, I realized that the truth God has been teaching me over the past two years isn't actually new to me. It's a deepening and enriched, lived understanding of, of some core tenets of my dad's theology. One thing he often repeated was, the devil is a liar. He's the father of all lies. The other big thing he used to remind us of, on a plaque mounted in the garage, at random intervals in family conversations, or as my seventh and eighth grade Sunday school teacher, is that we are adopted into God's family and we can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. Alone in the dark, I was confronted with the voice of the devil, lying to me about my worth. 
it would have been so easy to absorb that as truth if I had not been prepared with an understanding of what the voice and the truth of God sounds like. The sheep follow the good shepherd because they know his voice, but you have to listen to the voice of the shepherd in moments of peace to recognize it in moments of trial. We've prepared a short list of reminders from scripture of the depths of God's love for you. You can find the list at highway.org beloved. That link is also in the description. To rehearse, to post in your bedroom or bathroom, to keep in the back of your mind for the next time you feel like you just can't. Taken on their own, these can start to sound a bit like inspirational posters, but these are things that the creator of the universe and the savior of all mankind thinks about you. I'd like to leave you with just a few of them. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you so much, John, for sharing the gift of your story with us today. And as we receive that gift now as a community and reflect on God's work in the lives of others, May we be attuned to God's invitation to us as we consider John's story. May we embrace whatever it is that the Spirit is stirring inside of us, whether that be encouragement, conviction, a challenge, or something else. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, may that shape the stories that God is writing in and through each of us today. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful for the stories that you are writing in and through each one of our lives and for the real gifts that they are for the the gifts that they are to us personally as we see you working and as we rehearse the things that you have done and are doing and the gifts that they are to one another as we not only see the way that you work but also find resonances in each of our stories that connect us together as a community, and as your people. 
Thank you, Father, for the reminder this morning of the depths of your love for us. Thank you for the ways that you have shown your love to us through the person of your son, Jesus. And Father, I pray that as we walk with you, that we would have a deep sense of that unconditional, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love that you have for each one of us. That we would walk with the sense of peace, knowing that we are loved by you exactly as we are because we are created in your image. And Father, would your spirit be rooting our identity in that each and every day? We love you and we thank you for your goodness and for your love for us. We thank you for John and for your work in his life, for the story that he has shared. Would you continue to bless him and deepen his sense of his belovedness? In Jesus' name, amen.